Welcome to Release the Shackles at Green Records. Today's guest, a very dear friend and mentor of mine, Gene Smithson. I met him through Andre Miller and Michael Gonzalez in San Antonio years ago. This man epitomizes what it is to be a warrior. This man epitomizes what it is to be a martial artist. This man epitomizes what it is to be a good human being. Focus on the parts where he talks about peace and, and focus on the parts where he talks about internal power. Mm, yes, yes, good advice. Enjoy. internal power and they didn't really like the way my approach to it um, because they were like wanting magic chi balls or something like that <laughs> there is no magic yeah and I was like you know if I look at who I um, the people that I consider that actually demonstrate internal power they they're community leaders you know they pull people together lift people up they build um, it's not about can you shoot fire out of your eyeball or something. So they weren't super fond of my yeah. response. My, my, uh, uh, my great-grandfather, I should have brought a picture. You guys can see him. He's a full-blooded uh, Native American, <clears throat> and <clears throat> he wouldn't sit in a chair. I have this one picture of him kind of sitting down on the floor. And I always think, like, what would it take to rattle that guy? <laughs> you know, nothing. I mean, you, you, <clears throat> and to me, that's <clears throat> that's more uh, about internal power than, you know, convincing somebody to fall over if you look at them funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's heavy. It's, what's that's incredible that. They weren't fond of your approach, man, because I think there's something incredible. Yeah, I want to know what you guys say about that, and like as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. In that show. Yeah. So, so like real quick, like kind of what turned me on to it is I was in a, uh, I met this um, Navajo elder, and um, just um, pure stroke of luck, like on the desert and the guy's like hey man go pick up pick up some rocks for me and i'm like uh okay <laughs> so i go and i come back with some rocks and he's like perfect go get me some more anyway so i wound up doing a sweat lodge with this guy and uh it uh it's real small like this is actually the oldest functioning ceremonial site in the united states um and, and nobody knows about it there's usually like three people there Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, and he's, you know, that in the sweat, they ask you about your ancestors and your family and things like that. And I'm like, oh, my dad's name is such and such. And, you know, my grandpa's name is such and such. And he goes, what about the rest? I had no idea. None. And he was like, you think that's an accident? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> and he goes, it's not an accident. And he goes, it's really hard to manipulate a person who understands their place. Because oh. it doesn't matter if your ancestors were good, bad, and it doesn't matter. You've been in the same piece of land, <clears throat> you know, you, you know where you fit. You know people before you, and you know there's going to be people after you. 
a lot harder to put you in a cubicle and make you dance for money, you know. So <clears throat> um, to, that was a sort of inkling of um, my ideas on internal power being different than, you know, your typical Qigong or Tai Chi practitioner. Uh, I, um, I started off by investigating a little bit about my great-grandfather. And then um, I, I've trained, I've been really fortunate, man. Like, I've trained with uh, four guys that I consider, like, movie-style magic, you know, masters of martial art. And I spent over probably 25 years looking around and training and came to the conclusion <clears throat> that that was all Hollywood bull and um, that that didn't really exist. And then real quick succession, I, I met three guys that were legitimate Hollywood-style masters. Like, they could do things that if you if you if you don't experience it for yourself you just wouldn't believe it and then uh, when I came back to the United States I started looking for it was in China where I met these guys <clears throat> and and um, I came back to the United States and started looking couldn't find anyone even in the same arena not even in the same universe as those guys and then um, I met uh, Vladimir Vasiliev and I was like oh this dude's the real thing. And when you look at him and like he he's he has certain personality traits or attributes that demonstrate, illustrate um, internal power. Mm -hmm. And he it is not like those guys who are like mm -hmm. like that. So that's what got me off in that direction. Yeah. So those dudes, are, I don't, you guys are pretty young. <clears throat> don't despair. Like, those people really exist, you know. Mm -hmm. um, You've seen it. <clears throat> I have seen it mm -hmm. firsthand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I've seen things I just can't explain. And uh, I suspect that, like with Andre, uh, if he continues going into – in his field, he has that same sort of mastery, mm -hmm. and uh, and you're you. I don't know you guys. We're speaking about uh, Andre Miller from Oregon. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that guy to me. Um, I don't. I know y'all are more fitness types, but like for me, I'm it's a country guy, right? So when I I see people banging on tires with a sledgehammer, and call that functional fitness, and I'm like functional for what? Like, if you want, you go find somebody that needs some freaking two-by-fours drove into mm -hmm. the ground. Do some actual work. Preach. Do yeah. some work, Preach. you know, mm -hmm. uh, or, or throw some hay up on some trailers <laughs> or, or uh, you know, something like that. That's functional fitness. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I get it. I mean, if I live, you know, I live in Austin, so my opportunities for bailing hay are pretty slim. I do get to throw people around. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. That's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So. I told you guys that y'all would enjoy this conversation. Yeah. Just, I hope you can feel yeah. the power in it already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can <laughs> feel the energy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, so you get to throw people around. With, so. Yeah. Tell us who you are and what you do. 
Uh, I'm Gene Smithson. I teach martial arts. I teach um, a Russian martial art called Sistema. I teach Tai Chi Chuan, Tai Chi Chuan, depending on how you pronounce it. And I teach uh, a little bit of jiu-jitsu. We're, um, we're not official. It's a Gracie garage situation. Uh, but I trained um, under Helsing Gracie and uh, Phil Cardella for about eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. It's a lot of fun. He's modest, dude. He's <laughs> so modest. Um, how did you get into like Sistema specifically? Because like with my interaction with him, I've been kind of introduced with like the cold water dowsing and the ice baths and stuff. And I know a lot of that comes from Sistema. Yeah, I don't even know what the word Sistema means. I'm be honest. It, it means system. Yeah, it's um, – I'll, I'll explain it. But first, how I got involved is um, – so I was – I've been training in martial arts formally since I was 14 – so that's 44 years. And I actually started probably when I was 12. And uh, sort of like a martial arts bum, like always looking for somebody who was doing something. Uh, anyway, I, I trained martial arts for a long time, and <clears throat> I found out most of them couldn't fight, and none of them had internal peace. Mm. Like everything that I was supposed to get out of training in martial arts, I never did see it. Mm. And... And uh, so sort of disillusioned, but I figured out I like training, I like fighting, so I kept training. And I went to China and I met those masters. And when I came back and started looking, so I saw a video tape of a guy named Scott Sonnen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a, a Russian martial arts guy. And he was on the ground going against three or four people, which... At that time, the the consensus was that that was Im- impossible. Like nobody even had an idea of what you would try, much less you know think you could be successful. And I was like, that's really interesting. So I started talking to him a little bit. At that time, you could call him up on the phone and just visit. And um, uh, I I, I kind of trained around and worked with his material for about three years. And then I saw um, Vladimir Vasiliev, and I was like, man, that's either fake or that's the baddest dude I've ever seen. <clears throat> so uh, I had a, this, uh, a 1956 Triumph motorcycle. That was uh, all I had, really. So I sold it and <clears throat> bought a plane ticket and flew up to Toronto to see for myself. And I was there at his school... I don't think I was there 10 minutes, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, Mm. like, right away. Mm. As soon as I met him, um, it was clear it was a very different thing. And um, the the word sistema, originally, this martial art, um, it's kind of like karate. Like, it sort of um, encompasses a lot of different styles. Like, there are a lot of different types and of Sistema. Uh, One of the things that really stood out to me so far is you said there's peace. Mm-hmm. And searching for peace yeah. is, sounded uh, really interesting to me. Yeah. And then something happened in the 80s. Like you said, you started training 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. The Kung Fu at that time, it was just different. It was, it was. I don't know what happened. Bruce Lee, do y'all remember that? 
Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember that? I did for sure. Yeah, I was yeah. born in '94. So. <laughs> I was born in 1980, and I just remember like getting a little bit of the end. Mm. It was just like movies where people really oh, were, yeah. were really were jumping on trees. Yeah, well, and, like I, coming I mean, down and doing roundhouses, mm. kung fu, like with David Carradine, like that was where you know he's wandering through the West. He's mm. a sort of uh, disgraced Shaolin monk, and he goes and helps people mend fences and resolve conflict and um, you know uses his kung fu skills some something made somebody make that story like something was going on during those times yeah they wanted, it's almost like they wanted to document it mm-hmm. well i don't know i you know this is rumor but supposedly that the the idea behind that was bruce lee's idea and he he was it's i mean i think i'm pretty sure he had a degree in philosophy and he's well known as a philosopher philosopher um and um I, th- I think he had something to do with it and it was a but a kind of a romantic idea before we had the cowboys you know who were who had their own sort of demeanor then the kung fu masters you know had their legends about how peaceful and enlightened they became and things like that i think that's a, a difference between martial arts and and say of legitimate martial arts and something like soccer for instance you know is um originally these things were born out of life and death um consequences if you and so your demeanor or your mental state going into that wouldn't be the same as it is going into a soccer game or basketball game not to put soccer down or anything like that i just think that martial arts has the potential at least to have a to to provoke some unique insights and growth in people Um, as long as they they keep that connection with, hey, this is about life and death. Mm. When it becomes, don't get me, I like, I like to fight. I love to fight. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, but I don't fear for my life when I'm going into a grappling match mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. So, it, um, but that does have, that connection is available to somebody if they, start to study it more for self-defense maybe rather than going to win a tournament. Not to say that a guy who's a tournament fighter can't whoop me. You know, they probably can, but just the the philosophical bent might be slightly different Mm -hmm. if you're talking about the possibility of dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I described you earlier when we were at the lake, I described you as the most peaceful warrior that I've (laughs) ever met. Yeah, I'm probably the happiest dude I know. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. How do, you, uh, how do you find like balance in that like warrior spirit, that warrior energy? Because I know like as a younger guy, sometimes I've swayed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like too much of a warrior in a way. You know what I mean? Like to where it kind of has a negative. I don't know what impact. that means. So I guess like um, I think there's like shadow sides sure. to the warrior. You know, and and so I guess finding balance in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that something that you had to find coming up through martial arts or something that is that something that martial arts helped you find? Yes, uh, both. Yeah. Uh, you'd practice or train martial arts and you you if you compete, then you win and you lose. Uh, 
over and over and over and over. And um, you start to see where do you learn more from your victories or from your losses. Uh, and you start to observe other people and see what happens when the 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 meaner darker side comes to the fore and then you start to see how it really limits how far they can go mm-hmm. like there is that's one of the saddest things in my life currently is when i watch people train and their fear um and fear has a lot of faces, right? It could look like anger it can, um, or rage or whatever. And you see how it really shuts them down from experiencing life. For me, a big deal, <clears throat> I can compare it to hypervigilance to awareness. Hypervigilance will kill you eventually, mm-hmm. right? It'll bur- burn you out. That's right. <laughs> awareness, just life gets more and more beautiful all the time. You still see the shady-looking character over there who's not dressed the same as everybody else. Right, you're still situationally yeah. aware. Yeah. But you also see the little flower over there. Or you see the little girl who's playing with, you know, something and is so completely absorbed by it. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you of, like, you know, what it's like to be fascinated by life. So, yeah, I, I understand. I went through a period there where... Um, I was a criminal. I don't want to go into a lot of details on that, uh, but I did some pretty mean things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to me now, I see, uh, I look at that and it's like a small, small power, not a big one. So you kind of grow and you encompass that. It's still inside you, but you're a lot bigger now. Mm. And um, yeah. That, I don't know how I got so off track, but no, that was good. That was, <laughs> well, it, that perfectly. It, it, there's yeah. times when I'm teaching my classes and I actually stop the class and I said, "This is I, look, you guys, you're hurting me. You're physically causing my heart to hurt because the way you're treating each other." Are you talking about like so somebody gets hit in the face and they don't like it, so they start they get uncomfortable and they start lashing and maybe hitting harder no. than they should. Or no, nah, that's kind of, kind of normal. Yeah, that 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 just makes me kind of laugh. It's like, yeah. okay, you're about to get <laughs> you know, you know, go ahead, get yeah. wild. You're about to pay, you know, for your uh, losing your composure. You're gonna pay. Um, it's more like a lack of seeing the other person as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is one thing. So so to make a. a person efficient at killing a real short route is to help them dehumanize the people they're going to be killing Uh, well it has pretty bad consequences later if they start to feel like oh wow that that was a human being you Mm -hmm. know so i think it's better to be honest at the beginning like that's a human being right there and they have good in there and bad in there and we're we don't we're going to kill that person. That's what needs to happen. That's what's going to happen. But don't, I don't, it's kind of the difference between an amateur and a professional. Mm-hmm. You know, an amateur has to get pretty riled up and, um, you know, 
dehumanize the other person and go in there and like drop a a, a nuclear bomb where a, a, a shot one shot would have done the job. Mm. Or a professional, it's not so emotional really. In fact, they may even feel some semblance of compassion or something. Um, but hey, you know, uh, this person's gonna die anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Are you guys hunters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like when you kill an animal, a deer, or something like that? You know, you you gotta eat, right? Your family's gotta eat. So um, there's bad people out there. They deserve to die, and uh, but there's still people. Mm-hmm. At, at least that's my opinion. So you see people in training, like either it, it's not a physical thing, like. It's not that, oh, they won't look at them, but that's one obvious thing. It's like they're looking like that, right? Mm. But it's more than that. Like they won't even acknowledge the other person is actually a human being. It hurts me to see people treat each other that way. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. I think it's definitely uh, having the conversation of of that, just communicating that idea or that thought of... Like identifying that? Identifying the human aspect of it, because I don't think we talk about that enough. So I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I felt like that was like what we were talking about. I did corrections, but I kind of had the same, they gave us the same mindset, even with prisoners. It's like they, you kind of come at it with a dehumanizing uh, mindset. It's like us versus them mentality. It's the mind. And mm-hmm. then like now that I'm out and stuff, I'm getting a little bit of that like bounce back. It's like, ooh, dude, like yeah. a lot of these things that I did and stuff, it's like haunting me a little bit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then so, but. Like that's where you find that solace is in that inner, inner peace, I guess you know. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think cor- corrections is is uh, uniquely horrible. Yeah. You know, you're in prison too, mm-hmm. and uh, those people in there will lie and manipulate. They're masters at conning you to yeah. you know to get anything they can out of it. So the an interesting. Uh, attribute of a warrior is to be able to be in that situation understand exactly what's happening there and not you know not not do your job mm-hmm. but don't buy into that you know um us versus them they're right. animals or whatever yeah mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not that i did all the time but there was like flashes of it there's moments wh- like where things got emotional and stuff you know what i mean well, there's well, some he, bad people, man. Yeah, yeah man. Like, he, yeah. he told me, a, we won't get into details because it's pretty graphic, but he told me a, a story the other day, I guess a couple weeks ago, yeah. about something a Marine did to a child, man, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's no way I could keep my cool, dude. I mean, I say that. Who knows what would happen if I was in that position, but this story is just, it's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. It's, it, it, like... It enraged me, and I wasn't even there. Yeah, you know, and that was years ago. That that guy's probably already got his. I don't know, but well, look, man, I'm I'm not, you know, Pollyanna ish. Mm-hmm. I know there are people out there who deserve to die. Man, I mean, absolutely. They're they're not even they're not even animals. I mean, I don't want to insult animals. Right. You know? There are people who do things that inconceivably bad, mm-hmm. and but you shouldn't become like them to kill them mm-hmm. right, right yeah 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 um and and that that rage and that anger that comes up there and has an ugliness that carries with it and it's going to hurt you mm-hmm. um in the short term and in the long term my my uh, a lot of time i used to work with the law enforcement quite a bit uh i've backed out of that uh 
lately. How much is quite a bit? I'm a, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would say I, I trained every uh, field training officer in Austin Police Department. I worked with their training academy staff. I think I worked with every SWAT team in the kind of central Texas um, Bastrop Police Department. Uh, yeah, like that a little bit. Not too much. Really. Dang, so but, if uh, there's boots on the ground in the area, they've been through? Uh, not enough. Training. I still get yeah. tickets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, he's got uh, an old he's got an old stingray bro yeah oh, nice. i love that car yeah. 77 and uh but one of the things i try to help with is uh you know uses breathing techniques to maintain your composure because that way when you make a decision it's it's from the best possible place you can be to make that decision so that night when you're sitting at home and you get the shakes right and you're starting to like run through this thing over and over and in your uh, mind you'll you'll know hey i didn't make this decision out of panic or um you know um reaction mm -hmm. i made a good decision mm -hmm. and you know uh hopefully that'll help somebody yeah why the breath tell can, us about can, the breath can I, before we go there, because it's a segue into that, can I talk a, just a little bit about shot? Yeah, talk about whatever yeah. you want. So you, you're saying this, you know, breathing and maintaining composure, right? Mm -hmm. is, is, and there's no greater example than yours, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, no, there's greater. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure there sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sound like... Uh, I did anything that extraordinary, really. No, well, can can I want people to hear it from my point of view because I read that book, man, and that 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 book did something to me. Okay, that that book was absolutely incredible. Thank absolutely you. incredible. What's the name of it? It's called Shot. He's written a couple of books. How many? Uh, three. Three books. Uh, I I haven't read the other two, but Shot was to me was amazing. He takes you just for. Can I do a brief synopsis? Yeah. He he. Um, He's on a training operation. He gets shot five times by uh, one of his guys. It's a complete accident or whatever. Uh, he takes you through everything. You, you, you almost feel what he was feeling without feeling it, right? Um, he takes you through the impact. <laughs> he takes you through uh, the moments after the impact. He takes you through the hospital journey. He takes you through destroying some relationships he takes you through the healing process like i saw so much out of one man like it'll, it'll bring you to tears it's the, it's the most incredible thing to me i know you say you know you're yeah that's how that's how gene is but but this this story is absolutely incredible um you see a man like stronger than life in my eyes uh Brought to his knees. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then going through the mental battle of all of it. And then the healing process afterwards. Like, dude, I can't. I can't even imagine. Hmm. I can't even imagine. And what's really cool, the way I like, I like how you wrote the book. You would tell a little bit about what was going on. And then there'd be a little kind of healing protocol if you will and then you tell a little bit more of the story and then there's another little healing protocol 
the reason I bring this up is because you're talking about breath and composure. Mm-hmm. And when you got five rounds of hot lead screaming through your flesh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have some way to bring it together. Yeah. You bet you. Yes. <laughs> and he did that. And I firmly believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe th- his years of training. And if you want to get specific, I think that breath work, would you agree? The breath, the breath work. The yeah. In the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I was kind of born to be in that situation, really. Like, uh, 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 if you surveyed the people I grew up with and stuff, they would have said, "Yeah, man, Gene's the dude." Like, if you want somebody to go through that experience, and and um, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And so, the breath work—it's hard to really overstate how powerful breath work can be. I mean, you still got to do your push-ups, and you know running and wrestling and things like that but breath work in uh, in a sense is sort of one-stop shopping like if you need to manage your emotions or heal your body um there or, or extend your you know physical performance to another level really i can't think of anything as essential as breath work to mm-hmm. me it's a foundation <clears throat> for everything else i do yeah and that uh, in that moment, uh, so just a brief, uh, I'll tell you. So I was shot, and it was uh, five five rounds, nine millimeter, uh, full metal jacket. Luckily for me, um, four went straight through, one uh, stayed stuck in me, and I didn't go down until I was gonna walk to my car and and get my trauma kit because I knew I was hurt. I was like, man, I need to get to the hospital. So let me walk over here and get my trauma kit. And Well, I made it, I don't know, eight or ten steps and went down to my knees. And I was like, dude, you can't be sitting down out here. Get up. And, uh, of course, I fell over. And uh, so I'm laying there in the mud. This guy's name, uh, I don't know if I should say his whole name or not, but his name's Jeff. And he was a, a special forces medic, and he was there. Luckily for me, and um, sort of began, began um, trauma treatment right away, and um, that was something that impressed him was the breath work. He said, "Man, I," he goes, "I've never seen anybody as calm and relaxed as you were in that situation." Mm. And in fact, he he, according to him, it was like helping other people calm down because um, it was a training mistake. Uh, and so people weren't mentally prepared for the possibility of something like that happening. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of really tough guys panicking, right? Like they were stepping on me and tripping over me and stuff like that. And so just to be able to uh, calm myself down and calm the people around me down and make jokes and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, to keep it easy. Um, so, yeah, I think he would say the breath work got me through that immediate moment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's absolutely no question that it played a huge part in my recovery, like massive. Mm. I, I don't, there's no way I would be sitting in here if I didn't mm. train the breath work like I do. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have to get this book. Yeah, I do now. It is, a must. Yeah. <laughs> it is such a good book. Yeah. <laughs> it's just by you saying that's the foundation, you know, it's, yeah, yeah it's big. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's something I see. Uh, well, I can tell you kind of what lit me up on breath work to begin with. My very first karate class, 
the 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 teacher that I was fourteen, you know, it's a little bitty town. The karate guys like, hey man, breathing's the most important skill. I'm like, cool. Never heard another word about it. <laughs> Never heard another word about it. So I started. Uh, the the first like big time uh, grappler I got to go with was Carlos Machado, and um, this was back when he was a young man. I think it was in ninety. This may have been pre-UFC. It, may, it was right around 93 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm wrestling this dude. And the, the I don't mean to drag the story out, but I, I thought I was doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm like, I can't believe it. And then all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. <laughs> like no pain, nothing. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that uh -huh. submission where um, – they have your head and your leg and they just lean back into you and kind of mm -hmm. hold their thighs and squeeze. Mm -hmm. Well, he timed it just right. So like I exhaled and when I went to inhale, I couldn't breathe in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was like, <laughs> it's like a fish out of water, you know, gulping around. And, uh, but the whole time we were grappling and he grappled, I think 15 or 16 dudes in a row, you know, several times through and never really got winded, but he was making these weird noises, right? He was like, like that. And I asked him, I'm like, what are you doing? Because you could tell, like, he wasn't making fun of people or, or you know. There was some intent behind it. Yeah, there was something there. And he says, I'm, he said, I'm breathing properly. And I was like, wow, that's interesting, man. Because at the same time I was doing that, I was doing triathlon. And I was doing uh, sprint Olympic, half Ironman. I was, do I was doing some long course uh, so it wasn't like my, you know, in, in martial arts a lot of time. Oh, you you need more cardio if you're out of breath, you know, after uh, a five minute round. Or in those days, we didn't have rounds. Like you would go to there was a submission. I did one um, submission. Uh, actually, they were striking allowed. It we just didn't do a lot of it. It was a twenty minute um, fight. And then if there was no winner, there was a five-minute overtime. So um, we were always thinking cardio, cardio, right? Yeah. Go ride your bike, run, put in your road work, all that. And you can see still some of the best-trained, best-conditioned athletes on the planet, and they're still sucking wind, you know, mm -hmm. two, three minutes into a fight. Mm -hmm. So, like, something's off. It's, it's not cardio when we say breathe properly. Mm -hmm. It's something else. Yeah. And, and then when I met um, – a man over in China, his name was Tong Yinbo. Uh, he's a medical doctor, but he's also a, um, a master of Qigong. And when I met that guy, that was my first experience of breath as something beyond anything um, that, that I understood at that time. It was just really opened up my mind like, oh, wow. Breath is a vehicle that can transport you and take you to these places. And, and so that was the beginning of it. And then right on the heels of that, I met Vladimir. And uh, Vladimir is just a breathing master. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not, I, 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 since then I've done a lot of research and I train on my own, but there's no one like him. I mean, his understanding of breath and how to use it is beyond 
anything I've seen. I've heard that from a lot of people in the yeah. systemic community. Yeah. I mean, if, so whoever's listening to this, don't look at the Sistema videos online, okay? Mm-hmm. There's people out there putting Sistema videos up that I, I just wish they didn't have a camera. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the head guy, Vladimir's teacher is Michael Ryabko. And when you look at him, you're like, I don't know, man. He looks like a big, fat panda guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Unless you see that his forearms are bigger around than my thighs mm-hmm. or that his back muscles look like a bull's neck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a neck on a bull when they engage mm-hmm. with something, but it's like, like mm-hmm. that. Um, but just watch Vladimir. Like, uh, um, or go see him. Uh, it's not, I mean, how you know, how many genuine masters do you have a chance to to meet in your life? Pretty almost none. Right, right. right. So if you know where there's somebody who might just be a master, and you're actually interested in martial arts as something is more than a hobby to you, you got to go see that guy, man, because he's a once in a lifetime kind of cat, and you know I don't know how much longer he'll be sharing what mm-hmm. he knows. Mm-hmm. So, you said, yeah. I need to reiterate this, breath is a vehicle that can take you places. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a... I mean that in every sense statement, too. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Wim Hof method is one that got a lot of people uh, uh, intrigued by the idea of breathing. Uh, that guy's so charismatic, you know, he's mm-hmm. uh, like a great spokesman and stuff but from my perspective um what the the Wim Hof breathing method is really um very minimal like it's not even touching the surface of what the breath can do Mm -hmm. um now there are people within the Wim Hof method who take take it to another level Mm -hmm. and they start to understand so um i just came across this word the other day you guys all are fitness people you've heard the term proprioception you Mm -hmm. probably know what it means you can touch your nose with your eyes closed you know Mm -hmm. how big you are and everything like that well interoception interoception is understanding your inside the landscape inside your body like in china they they call it developing the inner eye like there's guys that can like change their liver function and stuff like things that are supposedly autonomic that you can't really mess with mm-hmm. consciously is you can. <laughs> I was going to say consciously. Yeah, but you can. You're telling it to move, right? Yeah. Uh, you can. Well, right now, so if you guys are into it, there's a, uh, and you want to, so you, I, I like to bounce back and forth between anecdote, Eastern stuff and Western physiology. So the vagus nerve, if, uh, and vagal tone, if you're not familiar with that, you should definitely go research it up because the, um, the vagus nerve is your uh, route into controlling your so-called autonomic processes, um, like your heart rate, your, you know, your blood pressure, um, Basically, you guys probably already know this. You have three, at least three nervous systems or branches of the nervous system. You have parasympathetic, sympathetic, and entero, enteric. 
I can't remember. It's the one that has to do with digestion and stuff like that. Like integrative, I think, yeah. or something like that. It's like E-N-T-E-R. Anyway, um, so with your vagus nerve kind of sets. So the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system are operating at the same time, but one has dominance and the other is low. So if you have sympathetic nervous system, that's usually, you know, uh, fight, flight, freeze, or sex. Uh, parasympathetic is sometimes for rest and digest, but also like healing, right, and calm. Mm -hmm. So you you can shift which part of that is dominant using your breathing mm -hmm. easily. Like it's not even complicated. You can take a person who has very little training at all, and they can determine where in that. Um, what do you call that? Like, like um, spectrum, where in that scale they exist, mm -hmm. and um, so if you think about the the implications of that, uh, if you if you can determine that your body is going to be in the healing mode, okay, or if you need to get you know ready to fight, you can get there easily. You can make a conscious decision and and control that yourself. I believe that. Yeah, and you can also moderate, modulate, mitigate how far into that fighting nervous system you go. Like once you start climbing, I think it's 120 beats per minute is about maximum for decision making and like physical stuff. I could be off on that. But once you start going higher and higher into that, your decision making um, goes south. Mm -hmm. It starts to degrade. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the ways it starts to degrade. This uh, I'm talking a lot. So it's okay. No, this is good. This, this is good. It's okay. Yeah. Go deeper. All right. So I go, go a little deeper. Yeah. No, okay. let's go deeper. So yeah. uh, in your brain, the amygdala is sort of the router, the central routing system. So when something happens, it stimulate the amygdala. Goes. This is an emergency, dude. Boom, and you you start to hit sympathetic sympathetic nervous system. A lot of things start to happen all at once. Cortisol gets released. Your capillaries shrink down, so you don't bleed out as easy. You get stronger, more impervious to pain. A lot of things happen that set you up for fighting. But one thing that can happen is you can start to hyperventilate, or you can forget to breathe. Like, I don't know. You guys, I'm sure, have seen it. Somebody who's panicking, right? And they're, like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. they're not running. They're, there's nothing mm -hmm. going on. It's just their own bodies. I've seen it in that river. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the cold water. Dude, when you people start trip. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so there's a lot happening when they do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if when you hyperventilate there, or when you hold your breath, you get kind of similar symptoms. In your blood, your, your pH is going to be different. But if you hyperventilate, if you truly hyperventilate, you have something called um, alkalosis. If you hold your breath and the carbon dioxide levels build up too much, you get acidosis. Either way, there's a pretty narrow band where, where our brain is comfortable in the in the, with the pH of our blood. And when it drops below that or above that, the brain starts to make adjustments to try to get it back to that. And basically, you, you kick yourself into this sympathetic nervous system state and your, your decision-making begins to degrade. And it all kind of snowballs 
and cascades and things just get worse and worse and worse. So if you can control your breathing, then you can, you know, control a lot. Man, can I can I real quick interject some things yeah, about please. and take maybe get a, a nod or from you I mean, or something? I'm gonna say one one quick thing. Yeah. The the uh Austin Police Department, APD, their training manual is a big manual. Mm -hmm. And there was one sentence that said control your breathing. Oh God, the whole book should have been that. No exercises, no yeah. instruction. Uh, I don't know if it's still that way, but a lot of people know that you're supposed to control your breath. They mm -hmm. just don't know how. Right. right. So, yeah, you so, do. You hear it a lot, like in SOP and stuff. You yeah, know, like, in four, nobody, out, four, whole yeah. four, out, four, whole four. For what? For what? Four yeah. seconds, four yeah. steps. What if I'm running? Right. What if I'm fighting? What if mm -hmm. I'm, you know. It's, yeah, what does the situation dictate? Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so, like, with my fighters and, uh, like, my wrestlers, my combat athletes, um, and I should probably dive deeper into this kind of stuff with other athletes that I train. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems to me that combat athletes are a little more receptive to this type of stuff. They're looking for every edge, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. football players and basketball players and, and track and field, like you start talking about breath work to those kids and you can see the look on their face and they're just like, what the hell? I don't, I'm not paying you for I this. So you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, just, yeah. they just want to sweat and throw up, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Bro, but let me ask you this. So I tell all these kids the same thing, right? We, you talk about mixing science with antidote. The science part of it in me is like, hey, you're, you're working. You're building up acid in your body. That's a byproduct of work. We get rid of that byproduct through a buffer called carbon dioxide. You exhale carbon dioxide. And, all, and you start explaining it to these kids like that, kind of on this kindergarten level, mm -hmm. and they start understanding. Oh, well, I, and, and then when I say... Guess what happens if you don't get rid of that acid? Your performance starts suffering. Big time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I need to get rid of the carbon dioxide and reoxygenate my cells. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, check. We're good. Mm -hmm. um, here's something I a question I have for you. Um, I also tell these fighters, and I'm saying this because I don't know that I have any grounds to say it, but man, it feels right. Mm -hmm. It feels right, and I feel like it's right. Mm -hmm. We have to try, because you said earlier about... Um, uh, people losing their shit and, and uh, making bad decisions yeah. or, you know, what have you. Or the guys that are, like, trying to convince me that Conor McGregor doesn't have good cardio. It's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to manage it, right? Yeah. And, and you can't yeah. say that to a normal person because they don't understand that. And it's yeah. like, oh, now we got to go into this whole exercise phys 101 thing. Yeah. But I guess what I'm asking is, is what I'm saying is, is I talk to these guys a lot about you must recover while you're fighting. Yeah, you don't have the opportunity to, you know, bend over and put your hands on your knees right. and, and pull it together while mm -hmm. the guy's punching you in your face. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, if you can't recover while you're in the fight, you're gonna lose, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe you're good enough that you won't. But you'll be a whole lot better fighter if you can recover while you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't wait till in between rounds. Right. So, and it's, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things. It's relatively easy to train. It's not magic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, I don't know. When, when Vladimir uh, started showing me the things that he was showing me and, uh, and uh, you know, then all of a sudden, well, you remember Carlos and Hicks and Gracie, mm -hmm. Carlos Machado, Hicks and Gracie, mm -hmm. uh, and you're like, oh, that's, that's what they're talking about. 
and here's how you do it. And it's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's not complicated, man. Like sometimes I see in the guys and they're wearing those um, things that restrict your oh, ability yeah, they, to breathe. Yes. Dubious to me. I mean, yep. I, I'm, okay, I, I suppose you might strengthen your diaphragm muscle a little bit, but I mean, the the. There's just easier ways to do it, right? And 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 super effective mm -hmm. ways to do it to train breathing, and it's not like so you're talking about like the guys want to do the squats, man. Like, hey, okay, uh, how do you breathe when you do these, and 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 why? What mm -hmm. what are the effects of that? Now, here's one. You want me to to make a controversial statement, of course, for the podcast. So I see in a lot of uh, power lifters. Um, and things, and they will use uh, uh, Valsalva maneuver. Vals Valsalva maneuver. Mm -hmm. uh, what, so, is, what, is the, what is that? So that's when you hold your breath basically to give yourself core uh, structure. Mm -hmm. Like you're holding your breath to provide more integrity in the core area. There are so many bad things about the Valsalva maneuver that I. I don't want to even sit here and take your time listing them all. High blood pressure, stroke. You know, some people think that's what Elvis died of. Mm -hmm. You know, I know, I think it's 1,400, 1,500 people a year die from it. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, the, and this, we're not going to even bring in the hernias, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're ramping up. You, you can go blind, man. Like intrathoracic pressure is going through the roof and stuff like that. Okay, look, man. If your goal in life is to do a one rep max, and that's your sport, that's what you do, okay, if you want to punish your body and you want to risk those kinds of things for that, I get it. I do things that I know are going to hurt, you know, uh, for what I do. But if you're a strength athlete in the sense that your strength training serves your sport not it's not your sport it mm. serves your sport why not take the time to develop the freaking core strength to be able to do the deadlift or the squat mm. without doing the valsalva maneuver talk to me yeah. why why are you if you're having to hold your breath to do that squat why it's just a number okay again if you're a power lifter and the number is the goal fine but if strength is the goal doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's yeah. my controversial thing for the day. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, because there, there will be a lot of power lifters and no, and I, I that, get it, that man. Are gonna, like have uh, some resistance. Yeah, to I yeah, totally get it. If you're competing you. at powerlifting, mm -hmm. and you know that 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 five kilograms more is is the you know the difference in you getting the gold or you getting nothing, go for it, bro. I mean, yeah. it, it, I have no issue. But if you're a football player. Nobody cares what the number is that you can squat or they shouldn't. What they care is how hard you can blow off the line how and you, crush people. Field, yeah. That's right. <clears throat> and to me, what is the downside to having the core strength to match, you know, whatever your leg strength is? Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about whole body power, whole body output or whatever. First off, imagine you have an imbalance. And let's say you can squat and deadlift more when you hold your breath. Because uh, you're strengthening your core by holding your breath. Okay, well, now you go out and you're performing your sport of choice and you're not holding your breath because you can't because it's an aerobic activity. Now you have this imbalance. You think you're going to get injured maybe. It's a weakness. Right? Yeah. It's a weakness. Yeah. The body has to have integrity. This is one of the things I really love about the way you train in people is the spirit, the mind, the body has integrity. Because if you have like one 
this like why um, triathlon was a problematic until I realized, okay, you got to run on the trail, dude. You can't just run down the track or down the street all the mm-hmm. time because all these uh, supportive muscles. Yeah, I need to hear that. Dude, don't don't just do, do that straight line yeah. stuff. Yeah, do some things where you mix it up, you know, like scramble over these rocks like you guys do. Do trail runs. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for injury. But like cycling, you know, you got these massive quads and you're super powerful like that. And then the the little knees that stabilize your the, – the little muscles that stabilize your knees and stuff like that are weak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're going to have problems. That's right. Yeah, I try to – preach that i was trying to screen that from the rooftops like we don't live in this one-dimensional forward and backward mm-hmm. society well you know and nobody ever gets hurt there that's not yeah. where people get hurt dude i am in such good hands people get people get <laughs> hurt out here on the corners yeah because they never go to the corner yeah you know so i'm gonna say a word that that i believe you and andre understand and i i don't know you guys as well but on a, a integrity I follow you. Okay, integrity. It doesn't matter to me if we're talking about the way I treat people, mm-hmm. the way I train my body, the way I approach trying to train my brain. I want to have lo- lo- my, my, my spiritual existence in life. If, if I don't have integrity, if there's a weak link, it's going to break and I'm going to be out of balance, which we were kind of talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the things that kind of drew me to Sistema uh, because before that I was training in a lot of different uh, martial arts. One of the ones, it's not a martial art, but I was training in uh, Tony Blower's um, spear Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. Fantastic system, by the way. The flinch response guy. Yeah. Yeah. His his understanding of psychology in in conflict is is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Super smart guy. But here's here was my problem, and I was training in it all the time because I wasn't just taking a course or something. I was uh, training people. So I would go home, and my wife at the time would say something, you know, how come you're late again? Well, what do you think my response was like? Mm-hmm. Boom, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to spear. I mean, yeah. not physically, but attack yeah. the attack, you know? <laughs> yeah. See, that's kind of what I was getting at with, like, the shadow side of the warrior. Like, you're you're lashing out. You're you're kind of, People you're not in like control. That. Right. Yeah. So, so, and, and so think about the, the, think about the fullness of what you just said and, and the, the, and what it implies for a warrior's life, mm-hmm. okay? So I would come home and, and I would attack my wife verbally, not physically, right. but verbally, and my, my response to everything felt like an attack. It's that old saying, like, oh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm. Well, so one of the things, so at the same time I was studying um, the spear system and things like that, I was also really deeply into meditation, like heavily into meditation, not like a you know hour a day or two hours a day, like all day, every day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. But uh, so it was like, okay, why do I have to step out of that 
to defend myself because at the same time I was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, I should say it correctly. And, uh, man, in those early days, people would come in the dojo. Everybody was trying to take your head off. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, no, no, you know, it wasn't like it is now. Like, I walk into a, a dojo now, a jiu-jitsu dojo, and it's clean. You know, it's lit. And there's, like, <laughs> dojo rules. And, no, you know. <laughs> and when I was training in the early days, you'd walk in there. It's, like, heavy metal blasting on the thing, you know. You know, it's, like, three days' worth of sweat on the mat. And this is some <laughs> guys, you know, having to wash this gi in, you know, in a week. It, and everybody was trying to just kill you, you know. <clears throat> and um, what I was finding was I wasn't willing to leave meditation to deal with the with that. I, you know, I'm going to stay in meditation no matter what. That's on my commitment is to stay in meditation. Any of these guys trying to tear my arm off or something, right? And for a couple of years, I got pretty mauled. Like my teacher was, because I was pretty decent when I started that. And my, my, my teacher at the time, he's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You got to fight back. Come on. <laughs> and I'm like, I know what I'm doing, man. I know what I'm doing. You know. And it took two years. It took about two years. And all of a sudden, I started coming back into like I was able to deal with all of the things. And I never had to leave meditation to do it. So when I'm looking for a martial art, something to train, I see him like, oh, man, this martial art that I'm training is asking me to have this hyper-aggressive mindset, right? Like, if somebody kicks me in the shin, I'm going to freaking blow their leg off or something like that, right? And um, and uh, I don't want that. I want integrity. I want to live my whole life the way I want to treat my children and my wife, and I want to practice my martial arts, and I want to deal with violence from the same human i don't want to have a piece of me and a piece of me and a piece of me disintegrated right it's almost like you're letting different egos take over yeah and drive, drive the bus yeah to make different things happen kind of yeah and i mean you know look hey if you have six weeks to train a man and you're going to put him in a violent situation go for it because mm -hmm. if he's dead he doesn't get to do self-discovery right mm -hmm. so <clears throat> i'm totally get it but so you talking about warrior warrior so now you have, there's no, you know, you're not shipping out in six weeks. You, you, you're here, you're training, train properly, you mm -hmm. know. So train to be a whole person, the, everything, the way you eat, the way you sleep, the way you talk to people, the way you express your physicality, everything to me should have integrity. Dude, I know I word this wrong, but like purpose, they say, I feel like I'm here on earth to fulfill that purpose. Mm -hmm. And they say you shouldn't have a purpose, but I feel like that's I think, what I want to end with. Yeah, I think purpose could lend you a core uh, value to, to build your integrity around. Like mm -hmm. if you don't know what your purpose is, it would be really hard to figure out what your values are. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think having your purpose and knowing your purpose is kind of like yeah. central. Can you um, turn meditation on and off? Because I, I can feel you. Like, you <laughs> call me. Oh, I can feel your energy. Like, I can feel. I'll demonstrate. Um, earlier, you even, like, calmed me down a little bit. I don't know. Sure. It, and I just kind of just found myself. Yeah. Yeah, you can turn it on and off, no problem. <laughs> you know why you're like walking around? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Because if you can do it in a fight, you can do it oh, anywhere. Yeah, dude, it's, 
meditation isn't outside, right? Something inside you is with you all the time. Mm. Yeah. That's good. All this, all this is so drawn towards the center, you know, like Andre, you know, we talk about the importance of breath. Andre Miller is always talking about, uh, you know, his roots model of training it, it, the very base of those roots in the tree. Mm-hmm. You've seen this yeah. the roots and yeah. the tree trunk and then the branches at the, at its very base level is breath because when you're pulled out of your mother's womb, that is number one. That's the first thing you do. It's the first movement a human being does when they come out of their mother's womb is they take their first breath. And if they don't take their first breath, the doctor gives them their first breath. So either way, right? And then the whole lying down, rolling over, reaching, grasping, crawling, walking, right, standing. It all, it's, all, it's all in that center, right? That breath runs down that spine, runs back up the spine, you know? And I know there's a lot of different... Um, modalities in the world when it comes to like strengthening a human being and don't get it twisted if you're listening I'm not talking just muscle strength I'm talking like like you said a complete human like strong everywhere integrity exactly Um, all of it your physicality your emotional your all of it comes from your center right Mm -hmm. and I try to tell people even and, and I've learned these lessons from Andre so like these just incredible lessons. I mean, you're, you spoke highly of him. I can't speak highly of him enough, you know. He, he, he's an incredible human being. And, and these lessons that I've learned, um, they, they are very much from the center out. And I explain that to all my athletes, to everybody who's around me. We strengthen ourselves from the inside out physically. We strengthen ourselves from the inside out mentally. We strengthen ourselves from the inside out um, when we're injured. You heal yourself from the inside out. You know, you busted up your knee. Why aren't you working on that lumbar? Because there was a signal that went through that lumbar that caused some disruption at some point. So why not? Why? I'm not saying don't focus on the knee, but I'm saying maybe we should prioritize things better. Yeah. Yeah. Like why wait for the pain to get to your foot? Right. Like in my case, a few a few months ago, exactly. I had like this pain in my foot, but you started working right. on my but, hips. And, 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 then, and then it goes even deeper than that because the signal didn't stop at the lumbar. Right. It went all the way to the head. Yeah, true. So now it's this whole, you know, this is the whole, it, the, the storybook NFL football player that tears his ACL and he never comes back. He didn't, he didn't necessarily not come back because of his injury. It was the mental injury. How much of that is, do we weigh in on? Well, there, I have a real cool anecdote about that, actually. I was training some uh, police officers, and it's one of those sounds like you hear it that you don't want to hear oh, in a man. training session, right? The guy screams, and it's like it's real. Yeah, so he hits the ground, right? Of course, everybody moves away from him. Nobody wants to associate with that sound. So I go <clears throat> to the guy, and I said, look, man, first let's calm down. Mm. So breathing, and w- when you... You were talking about the ability to influence someone else's state, right? So if you guys are into it, look up mirror neurons and how our subconsciouses are communicating all the time. And the way I breathe is going to impact the way you breathe. So you knew. Oh, yeah, I knew. When you calmed me down? Yeah, of course. You did? Yeah. So I go on working with this man, and I breathe. (sighs) Okay, let's relax. Let's think about this injury for a second because I see two. One is in your knee. And one is in your mind. Mm. You're already wondering, how long are you going to be out of work? How much is this going to cost? What's my wife going to say? I got hurt doing this training again. You know, how's this going to impact my promotion at my job? Let's get rid of that one first. Mm. Then we can deal with the knee injury. 
So he goes, okay. So we breathe a little bit. And I say, okay, uh, just have a seat over there on the side and work on that part, just the mental part. It wasn't, I don't think it was 30 minutes. It wasn't very much longer. I don't remember. He comes back out and he goes, is it okay if I would rejoin the training? I'm like, yeah, of course, man. He, he trained the rest of the day. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, this origin of the injury is, you, I mean, you can look at it from purely physical, like something in his nervous system, he got into this position where he was injured, you know. Uh, you can look at it even deeper than that. It's like, this is where it kind of gets magical. It's like something in his mind I don't want to say people create their own injuries or illnesses because sometimes bad things just happen. Mm -hmm. But there's a, a, a you certainly can make it better if you have the right mindset. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mirror neurons is a way to uh, influence the people around you. Yeah, it's interesting. Sounds like something you should be very uh, knowledgeable about before you get like before you start trying to practice it. You know what I mean? It seems sounds. Dangerous, uh, man, <laughs> or like not nah. dangerous, not something you should fear. But I think it sounds like one of those things. It's like uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, Most people aren't even aware. Yeah, yeah that's where you, you go back to like what we were talking about at the beginning, as far as like internal power mm -hmm. and the ability to influence people. Can it be used for, you know, evil? And I don't know. I mean, this is maybe his wishful thinking. Yeah. But I mean, but of course it can. Like you can see, um, there's orators who can, you know, uh, whip a crowd into a frenzy. And they, right. they yeah, I was know. about to say we have the same power in our tongues, kind of yeah. as it is. So. But this one, I'm a big on touch, right? And, and the ability to touch or the ability to to soothe and calm just with your own presence, I'm not sure that can be used for evil right yeah. maybe i don't yeah. know no yeah because i said you calm me down but i, I w it wasn't coming from um an unsafe spot i was already i, f I feel safe already yeah but, and it wasn't like the calm down like you're okay it was just more i could feel well your your soothing yeah. soothingness yeah <laughs> thank you man that's Does very, that word? Yeah. Soothing? very kind now. Okay. I, no, I love that. Thank you. That's it was real. Very kind. And, and I feel like you felt that. That's why you referenced earlier. Yeah, sure. Fuck yeah. Uh, up, that guy I was talking about, Professor Tung Yinbo, Tung Yinbo over in China. I called it his love bubble, right? Because you walk around with him and like anybody within a 40-foot radius of him would just immediately you it was confusing like i curse man i'm you know i'm a sailor or was a sailor so i definitely curse like one my boy says my poet when i start letting him rip <laughs> and uh i never said a single curse word the whole time i was around that dude and it was like i noticed like your vulgarity kind of leaves you not just like language vulgarity but your movement vulgarity mm. like I don't know. It's really interesting. Hmm. But, and then I, I learned about mirror neurons, and that's when, like, for de-escalating. But more than for de-escalating, now I see so many people in pain, like mm -hmm. a lot of pain. I see some people hurt all the time, not just physical, like spiritually hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we, we wrecked all these institutions, and we didn't offer up anything in their place. And, and probably those institutions needed wrecking, but we needed to offer something in their place. So people are lost and hurt and things like that. So just a little bit of like, hey, 
you know, I'm scared too. I'm right here by you or something like that. That's what I think I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy. Well, I've only like really interacted with you through social media. I've I've sort of seen your posts and stuff on there. And anytime a person is willing to be vulnerable, I think they're helping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I do it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's going to help somebody and it helps. It ultimately helps me. Yeah, the first, totally. the, yeah. The, as soon as he said that, I was Figure thinking. About, I was thinking about those salsa dance lessons that you were taking. Well, Gary Vee, dude, he's like, "Fuck, nobody gives a fuck anyway." Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you yeah. realize that, mm-hmm. nobody yeah. really does. Freedom, freedom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that's what this is about. So this podcast <laughs> is called "Release the Shackles." Oh God, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So with that being said, at its core, how do you, how does Gene Smithson define freedom? At its core. I think it's love, right? Mm. That's it. I think uh, fear is uh, what shackles us and builds us a small cage. So I think love is the antithesis of fear. So I would say love is fearless. I got the goosebumps. (laughs) You're right on, man. Yeah. These are we've been talking about this kind of stuff for a couple of weeks now, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy, and and we're like we're even like voicing it to each other, mm-hmm. like tell, letting each other know, hey, bro, I love you. What I can say you know? is, go for it. Yeah. Because I've been blessed, graced, or whatever, with the experience of that vulnerability and being immersed in love, and there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Every person is your soulmate. It's mm-hmm. really weird, and. uh yeah, you start seeing people as that as souls and and that set of these ex these shells these empty oh, shells. I was yeah. I was in a parking lot one day. This is probably too weird for a podcast, but I was in a <laughs> not I this one. In <laughs> I was sitting in this parking lot and I was seeing people walk by, you know, and what I was literally seeing was a soul, and it's wearing this body like we wear a shirt. And it's like, oh, that 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 one thinks he's a banker, and that one, oh, you know, yeah. that one thinks she's a, a, you know, librarian, whatever. And really, they're souls, man, and they're wearing this idea of who they are, like clothing. And it's no more you than your shirt. And and that's a freedom in that when you realize you can be, and you can, you know, disrobe, so to speak, uh, anytime you want. Dude, that's so good. <laughs> so, it is good. That it's is amazing. absolutely. I can't tell you how many times Andre has reminded me of that. Mm. He's like, man, you want to go sit in a cubicle and punch numbers as a CPA or a data mm. analyst? Then you go do that. Yeah. Just be happy doing it. Yeah. You know, and if that's not your thing, then go to the next thing. Maybe it is the garden. Yeah. Maybe it is, the, you know, being out in the soil. Yeah. Maybe you want to stand on the side of the road like a sign. Mm-hmm. You can't just be a sign. That rock and Ronnie here, dude, he, who like you know crushes I mean? it. He's doing it everywhere, all over like, the ruffles. <laughs> like, you want to be a tree in the forest? Go be a tree in the forest, you know? like. Mm-hmm. And, and what he reminded me of one day when we were talking about this, he says, this is one of the beautiful things about being a human being. Because when a bear wakes up, he's a bear. Mm-hmm. When a lion wakes up, he's a lion. When a fish wakes up, he's a fish. But you have the option. You have the option to choose your path wherever you want to go. That's up to you good thing about being a human right yeah yeah and that that's where those shackles come in that you were talking about is you know 
the programming and things you're sort of led to believe. Mm -hmm. But you can beat it. You can break free. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. Dude, I'd pay money to once a month to have you. Like, seriously, dude, everything that you say, man, you got to be pushing that stuff out somewhere. Cause, because, and this is the reason why us three are, are embarking on this journey. And it's like, we're speaking that, that good truth. We're fighting that good fight. And it's hard because these guys have even said that, how do you tell another man? We've, institu- we've, we've uh, induced that into our, our culture, our tribe, where it's okay. We, we allow for us to have that freedom with each other. Mm-hmm. But I know for us, especially Jason introducing us to you, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there's other, we're not, we're not starting this, this journey. We're just leading, but there's not a lot of leaders. Mm-hmm. So for us to have you here in front of us, it's like, we look up, to, I, I know I look up to you. I've, I've always have, and I've, mm-hmm. I've never even met you mm-hmm. just through social media and just to hear your story. This, this is a real deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, man. That means a lot to me. I think you're the real deal. See, <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> That's the thing. And, and the crazy part about it is, is like, it's like, we're not the norm, and, and this is, sounds so stupid, we're not the normal ones mm. because everybody else is doing other shit and it's like, okay, mm. we're doing this stuff, but it's almost like, well, because we know. Yeah, but I also think that anybody listening to this feels it as well. Like whenever somebody's speaking mm. like this type of truth, like yeah. we all identify with it and we like to call it like genius or like some this a next level thing but really it's i think it's inside of all of us you just have to be willing to go in and i like the way you say that and find that you know yeah. and then you can you can be saying the same same things that he's saying I, we, we all have that i agree yeah. it's it's totally it's human it's not mm-hmm. special i i'd like to say two things mm-hmm. about that if i can uh so one thing is uh you know uh people don't uh so sometimes like bad people train hard (laughs) so good people you gotta train harder because love is strong right so some people you say i love you man they think you're weak or something like that right so love is strong so train hard and, and show that part and then the other thing i like to say is like um so the elder that um i study with occasionally in arizona and Vladimir Vasiliev both told me the same thing in kind of slightly different ways. I asked Vladimir one time uh, because he's uh, Orthodox, so his very his faith is central to his life. And I, I asked him, I said, "How come people don't pray more?" And he goes, "Look around, man. He goes, shiny cars, shiny clothes, shiny jobs. Everything is designed to pull your attention outside of yourself because a person who knows themselves does not serve the machine. Mm. Well, the elder told me the same thing. He's like, it's not an accident that you don't know who who you are or where you're from. Mm. It's designed to unmoor you so that we can plug you in and use you in the machine. Mm. So I don't know that there's a cadre somewhere of guys who are deliberately plotting this, but it seems like there are people with sort of maimed spirits or something like that who are confused about what the what we're doing here on the planet and so to accumulate power and wealth and they they create systems that deliberately try to keep people from looking inside themselves and figuring out who they are Mm -hmm. and so 
the the I think that's one of the things that people are so lost right now is because they're wandering around and they don't have that inside themselves. It's there, and they feel cut off from it. Mm-hmm. And if they could look in there and reconnect to that, then well, it might be not be good for business, but it would be really good for humanity. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you don't have to be like an athlete or a fighter to to breathe either, you know, oh, like you can man. be an accountant getting ready to give a presentation or, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can, you can breathe, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's okay to do that. I used to do that uh, before I'd go into like construction meetings. I would sit in my truck and, you know, like go through it all, pull it together. And then mm-hmm. like, I was cool as a cucumber when people are like, oh, well, like we need to hit these deadlines, these deadlines. And then you have like a sense of clarity, I think with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't have to be, you don't have to be a fighter. I think that's kind of what I want to want people to walk away with too is, like we all can do it, you know what I mean? Like uh, if you're not breathing, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not living. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, man. but that's why they're identifying with that accountant meat suit. You know what I mean? And not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it hurts really sometimes to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like man, it's so beautiful. I feel here. like we use accountants as. Like, <laughs> I know. Sorry, accountants. Yeah, accountants. yeah. I want to apologize oh, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just an easy you. one because it puts you in that that position that none of us. This position right here that mm-hmm. none of us really care to be in for long yeah. periods of time you know and it's um um man yeah you hit the nail on the head with that uh, uh breath we can all do it we should all do it if you're not you're dying or dead right it is the most fundamental thing on the planet as far as being a human being yeah so i think uh like i i actually taught a four-hour seminar to all of the um field training officers over in Austin. And when I was going to go teach that, my peers, my fellow instructors like, dude, you can't do that, man. They're going to be bored, right? And I think that's because people don't know how do you teach breathing in a way that's like interesting. Mm. Because if you just tell somebody, man, I want you to sit down and breathe. No, forget that, dude. How can we make it fun and exciting to do? And it's not that hard. I just don't see that many people doing it, really. Mm. Like, um... I, I did a, a real simple one. Is just sitting down in a chair or standing up, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody does that pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. Mm-hmm. So as your uh, as your torso uh, gains space, you inhale, right? As you're sitting down and there's tension and folding, come in, exhale. It's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're oh, you're training breath, mm-hmm. and it's gonna pay off big time. You'll be sitting there, and your wife will yell at you, and the first thing that'll come out of your mouth will be. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'll change your life. Yeah. yeah, man, it's so good. You, you're the one that taught me that. Um, my whole life, it was always breathing against the force. You see a lot of people whose breathing is antagonistic to their movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, so think about what takes away your breath is uh, tension mm-hmm. or the the posture in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Fear or illness, really. And then you think, I can illustrate this so easy to anybody who knows how to do a forward roll. Try to do a forward roll while you're inhaling. I know. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've (laughs) played with that. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Try while you're exhaling. Mm -hmm. Now you see breathing uh, and making breath synergistic with movement. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I once uh, hit a heavy bag, a, a Muay Thai bag, um, for 15 minutes without taking a breath, a conscious breath, because 
so to breathe, you, you're using intercostal muscle scalings a little bit, but diaphragm's the big one. Um, but if your movement can breathe you, because your lungs are like sponges, basically, and they're just working with atmospheric pressure. So squeezing them and letting them reopen mm -hmm. by themselves, you, the movement of striking can breathe you. Mm -hmm. But you have to be really relaxed to do it. Andre taught me how to do that gladial breathing. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. man. And I've got it down really good with yeah. that figure eight yeah. in the spine. Yeah. And there's, I can put zero pressure here mm -hmm. and you can feel the 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 air going in and out of your lungs and you're not even trying it's a, it's a and it sounds incredible so do that you can do that bear crawling yep you can do that striking a bag mm -hmm. um you can do it rolling like if you have a good partner who's interested in in a, making a roll not like just pinning down in a position or something like that yeah it's really pretty yeah. sweet. It 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 you, you changed my whole thought process. Me and Andre came and saw you a couple mm -hmm. years back. Remember? I remember. Yeah, that was a really good day, by the way. Thank you again for that. I'm embarrassed now. That's I didn't good. realize like how yeah. amazing you cats were. Like when y'all showed up, I was like, I don't, I didn't know you. Like yeah. now, I'm like, holy! I wish I had that hour back. I would do some other different stuff probably. Oh. Uh, we will make a trip. <laughs> we will make multiple trips. Don't worry. Like, and, and I know I've yeah. said that, man. But it's look, th that that kind of stuff needs to start getting in the calendar. But you sh you showed me something that day. Um, again, I was talking about breathing against the force, mm -hmm. and you put me on the ground and you said, "I want you to do four push-ups." Mm -hmm. Right, and you know, most places you go and it's like, okay, we're gonna do fifty unbroken push-ups, or no, nah, not with Gene. It's like, hey, I just want you to do four push-ups. They're gonna be the best push-ups you ever did. Yeah. But you're also going to reverse your breathing pattern. Yeah. And that was very interesting to me. So basically, I was inhaling myself up off the ground mm -hmm. and exhaling myself back mm -hmm. down. Same thing with the squat, same thing with the sit-up. Actually, let's talk about the sit-up real quick. Because yeah. I feel like whenever I go to sit-up, mm -hmm. I do need to create more space in my, my cavities here. Yeah. So I release on the way up. And okay. Uh, so I, I suggest like two two things. Unless you're sitting up with perfect posture, mm -hmm. you're not. You're going to have a compromised shape. So you're a vessel, mm -hmm. your volume is going to be lowered. Mm -hmm. This is. Uh, I like to go do sit ups. Like I wish I could show you these. I'm going to show you when this is over. Okay. A sit up. But basically, so you're exhaling as your shape is compromised, mm. and then as you're coming up. Mm. So mm. It, uh, so on the up portion, mm -hmm. there's there's actually an exhale and an inhale. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So. Yeah, this pumps me up. Yeah, you're, go. Dude, you're going to dig these yeah. sit-ups, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. One of the things that somebody listening might be able to save a lot of their time is what you said on one of the things that you wanted to say about love strong. Yeah. I used to um, try to be strong, and I would pull a lot of that strength from anger, or I would train like an, from anger. Yeah. Very quickly, I, f I found out that that, that should end. Like, you'll run yeah. out. Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm very, very, very familiar <laughs> with using rage to survive. The problem is, and you needed it, so don't ever be mad at it because you needed it. It got you through. But then it starts to shrink your world. It starts to attack you. It starts to hurt you. It stops giving you beautiful things. You're done surviving. It's time to live, right? So 
Rage might help you survive, but it doesn't help you live. So, yeah, love is way stronger. <laughs> yeah. It's so heavy. Such a good message. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Facebook, Instagram? Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> he doesn't do much no. when it comes to that. I just, uh, to me, this is, I have a little problem, I think. It's like, I think everybody already knows the same things I know, which they do. But sometimes just to hear another person say it might be nice. Yeah. So I, I, I am on Facebook. I'm sort of nominally on Instagram. Uh, but it's better. Just come, like, swim with me in the morning. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Let's go. <laughs> or, you know, or come or, or don't even swim with me. Like, uh, these days, I'm old now, so, like, when I train, uh, I feel like a lot of times I'm, like, surrounded by all these ghosts, man, like of all these dudes that mm. trained throughout history and stuff. And it's sweet. It's such a supportive energy, man, like you're out there. So do that. Like, you don't have to look me up. Just go out in your dang backyard, you know, and grab yourself your bucket of water <laughs> and just enjoy really luxuriate i'd say on some the other day just having a body should feel delicious you know mm. you should just luxuriate in being able to walk and move and breathe because uh, maybe sometimes it's going to be harder or impossible and so enjoy it you know i love that can. feel delicious oh yes. man it's okay. i don't know any other word for yeah. it that you can oh <laughs> just good right ecstasy yeah. just to have a body so I have, I have uh, four people in my life that I don't see or talk to every single day, but I call them my oracles. Jason Yarrington of the Ohana Academy is one of them. Andre Miller is one of them. Randy Resnicker is one of them. And Gene Smithen is one of them. Uh, thank you, brother. Now <laughs> and now you guys know why. That's <laughs> oh, funny because I'm always looking at you and Andre and I'm like, man, oh, these cats are amazing, man. Nah. It's fun. It's like inspirational. It's like really cool. So, well, we really appreciate you coming on with us today, man. Thank this you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's nice meeting you guys. I'm going to show you guys this sit up when we're done. Oh, yeah. Yes, for I was sure. going to ask. <laughs> you, like, you leave yeah. us through something. I definitely want to feel that. Yeah. yeah. So. But hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, best luck with your podcast. Yep. 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 And, uh, so, like hey, if you're listening, get on Amazon and get this book called Shot, Gene Smithson. You're going to love it. <laughs> and I want to thank Green Records for hosting this for us again. This is, you know, it's always incredible. I can't say enough good things about these guys. So we appreciate that. 